Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. My guest is David Landrum. Hello, David. Hey, hey, Larry. Good morning. How Good morning. And uh, I have to uh, congratulate you on how young you look. I haven't seen you <laughs> since the COVID and the quarantine and all of that uh, kicked in. You're looking uh, happy, healthy, and uh, I know the family's doing great. And uh, so congratulations on coming through and uh, surviving. Yeah, it's been, been a uh, it's been a different different time definitely but uh yeah we've uh we're, we're glad to be kind of moving into uh post-covid so uh excited about uh where, where things are headed well i know zoom uh like all business people zoom has uh made the difference and uh you just to give an idea of the size you've got about five thousand people in your companies 224 offices uh, you're in the financial services business primarily and uh, got about 60 million in new money coming in from all the various offices, Canada, U.S. Where primarily uh, are your offices centered, would you say? Yeah, we're, we're pretty much uh, from, um, you know, the uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Of course, I live, I live in Mississippi, born and raised here, but uh, but everywhere, you know, we've got the North America, uh, U.S., mainly province uh, of Ontario. We've got about uh, 80 uh, locations, offices up there. And then, um, of course, uh, down to South Florida, across the South, naturally, in Ohio. And uh, so we're about 25 states and, and also uh, Canada. And David is the uh, 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 perfect example of a uh, Southern uh, uh, gentleman southern businessman uh he married uh i think he married the prom queen uh she's certainly a beauty queen and uh, they've they've had a, a phenomenal life it, uh, you know great kids been in the same community for uh where where actually mississippi yeah yeah we're from um from down in uh, down south mississippi deep deep south laurel mississippi i think there's a hgtv show now about laurel home called hometown and uh, so I'm, I was born and raised there. Jill was born and raised there. Uh, about an hour and a half from, uh, I, I live in Jackson. So, uh, but my parents, my family, a lot of my family still lives down in a place called Jones County. And back during the uh, Civil War, uh, there's a book out. Uh, there was actually a movie, The Free State of Jones. We actually uh, seceded from the Confederacy and uh, we didn't like the way the Civil War was going. So we just formed our own state down there. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So we, uh, other than the, uh, I spent three years in the military. Uh, oldest son of five kids. Um, in between college, didn't really know what I wanted to do, and ended up uh, joining the right right after Vietnam. Uh, it joined the army. I was part of the first uh, volunteer army. Spent three years as military policeman. Year over in Germany. And uh, then went to college at uh, Southern Miss down in uh, Hattiesburg. 
And where did, where in Germany were you? Uh, I was in a little place called uh, Wild Flicken, Bill Flicken, and near Würzburg. Um, wow. So I spent a year over there, not about an hour and a half from Nuremberg. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it, uh, that was a, a great time. Just, you know, I wish I'd have had some money so I could have enjoyed it. <laughs> Being well, in the army. Yeah, well, you might have gotten into a, a lot more trouble too. If you that's true, that's true. <laughs> now, people also to kind of complete a little bit more of the background, you grew up and uh, your brother uh, eventually uh, pro what was a pro football player, and then eventually got into business himself. And he's he's built a uh, huge organization. He's another million dollar earner. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I'd like to get Mike on here. Yeah, yeah, he would be great. They, Mike is my younger brother. So when I got started in the business, I started I, at the at the time uh, I was uh, going to Southern full time. I was managing a health club full time, uh, going to school on GI Bill. And then uh, I saw Jill. Uh, I graduated uh, from high school with Jill's older brother. And so one day I was in Laurel in front of uh, McDonald's in my car. And all of a sudden this uh, Cutlass Supreme pulled up beside me. And it looked, I looked over and it looked like a uh, supermodel. And I thought, good Lord, who is that? And I realized uh, she had uh, grown up. And uh, so I, we, we got married in college. Uh, we went out and got married in college. And so, um, but my brother, Mike, uh, he was six years younger than me. So he played uh, college ball at Southern Miss, then went on with the Atlanta Falcons for uh, three years, got his knees messed up. And then I, I asked Mike, I had been in the business then about 10 years. And I said, Mike, just give me 90 days. I said, just give me 90 days. Cause I always knew with his work ethic and commitment. I said, if I, I always told Jill, I said, if Mike ever commits to this, he'll be big. And so that was 31 years ago, 31 years ago. Now Mike's uh, he's got 80 over 80 offices and just, one, one of the top leaders now, so in our organization. Now, talk about how you, what was your motivation early on coming out of the deep South? You know, there's what people don't uh, often pay attention to is the fact that when you uh, come from an area that doesn't have a lot of, you know, it's like dead, <laughs> you know, like, you know, uh, there's not going to be any Silicon Valley starting in Laurel, <laughs> Mississippi, you know, or maybe Jackson. But uh, when you grow up in those small towns, it's sleepy. It's hot in the South. My, my, I uh, grew up going, spending a month every summer down in South Georgia. And you got the gnats and people are farming, scratching out a living. And uh, it's hard to have, it's, it's kind of like the poor people down in Mexico, it's hot all the God blessed time. It's kind of hard to have a, you know, to get all go, go, go when you're fighting the temperature and uh, uh, all the elements. And so swatting gnats, I think I used up part of my life swatting gnats down there. And uh, uh, it's hard to get, you don't get, a, you're looking at pine trees, you're looking at rural, uh, you know, landscape views. You're not really getting inspired to greatness uh, 
all the time. However, I do remember I went to third grade down in South Georgia, and I do remember they were pretty gung ho about bringing in the traveling show to the school. I remember one time they brought in uh, uh, somebody at a traveling show with all kind of birds, you know, like four thousand <laughs> parrots, and then they had this, had you know, so they would. It's, it was they would bring in things to kind of expose you to the outside world but without the tv this is the era where you didn't have television on there to expand your vision and uh how did you get to the point where you started thinking about a bigger world yeah well uh, let me say uh back it up the best invention ever for the south was air conditioning so yeah. <laughs> it made it it made it where you could tolerate it. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, but anyway, yes. So Laurel, Laurel, you know, small town, great, great community. Uh, again, born and raised there. But um, I tell you, Larry, as I was, uh, you know, when I got out of, out of the military, uh, again, Vietnam had just ended. The military, it was not cool to be in the military. <laughs> you know, right. you, at that point, you really never had anybody thank you for serving. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, even though I was a tough guy, my dad, you know, uh, played college ball at uh, University of Louisville and, you know, was a man's man. So I was tough, but I was really kind of uh, broken. I, I was the thought of uh, corporate America really intimidated me. Um, and I just I really didn't really uh, I was afraid of like I didn't know if I had what it what it really took to uh, to do something big in business. But I tell you what, the thing that always uh, was in the back of my mind, I said, man, I want to be, uh, I didn't know the name of it at that time, but I, wanna, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to own my own business. And I tell you what, one of the best things that uh, happened to me, one of the uh, head football coach in my hometown, uh, one, of the, one of the schools, uh, Sonny Farah said, uh, offered me the chance to manage uh, the health club uh, full-time. And and I told Sonny, I said, man, I, I mean, I know how to work out, but I don't know anything about managing a club or whatever. And uh, so I did that, but I tell you what, uh, watching people come in at the end of the day to that health club, we had 600 members. And I tell you what, I just began to notice a pattern and the thing that I noticed was the people that were the most excited about their life, they were not building somebody else's dream. They were building their own dream. And that's where I, that's that two years at the health club, that's where I really locked in to said, okay, I'm, I want to own my own business. Had no idea what I could do, you know, but, uh, but anyway, um, so that that really, and then the other thing too, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be the go-to guy. I wanted to, my my wife Jill was uh, working at a bank, trying to put me through school. Um, she came home like hated her job. She came home like crying every day, and I told her it's from having to count everybody else's money because we didn't have any. But uh, but I wanted to get her to where she didn't have to work at the bank. I wanted to be kind of the go-to guy for my family, her family, my family. So I had some goals. And um, so that, you know, that, that, uh, that really encouraged me to, uh, again, I didn't know what it was gonna look like, but uh, that, uh, 
put the desire there to have my own business. And at some point, you know, David, talk about that thing. You notice patterns that that'd be a kind of a, a good thing for us to get going on. You noticed you were, you were young. You're just trying to make a living. You had a lot of distractions, you know, and, uh, school and this that and the other but it was such a strong uh uh element that it spoke to you that like who's successful here and who's not it wasn't like you you know you couldn't help but notice that uh how patterns those patterns and basically comes from what they want and how they think, how that dictated results. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Uh, when you when you think about and you think about, uh, you know, again, just watching watching that, you know, there was a, even though a lot, you know, of course, you know, all entrepreneurs, uh, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Right. Uh, entrepreneur just sounds really great, you know, but. Uh, but uh, you know, all all entrepreneurs though were on commission, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I mean, there there's no. Uh, but uh, but the thing about it is, even though there's that responsibility, you know, and the, th the other thing I noticed is um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, once you get, if you ever get the key to your company on your key ring. Okay, once you've had a taste of that, you never want to go back. How many entrepreneurs ever go back to working for somebody else? You know what I mean? I mean, right. once you get a taste of that, that freedom, even though that responsibility is there and you've got to be your own toughest boss and all of those uh, things that go along with that. But uh, but that that's the thing that hit me is that uh, they weren't bouncing around you know, naturally, a lot of businesses don't make it. And a lot of the businesses you try at first don't make it. You know what I mean? But um, but anyway, once they kind of find their niche and find that uh, that vehicle for them, then, uh, then they typically uh, want to, um, you know, uh, stay with that. And also then naturally it can uh, morph into other things. You know, the, you know, the bigger the bigger you think, um, then you see other opportunities that are that are out there that you can build on what you what you've done. Yeah, the uh, and the fastest track to that uh, before you can get a you can get a preview of that when you move into management somewhere. You know, you get to where you know you master a skill, you do a great enough job to get recognized and earn the right to wind up moving up into the management where you're making the decisions, you've got the responsibility, you're moving the levers, you know, you're dealing with the people. Just like uh, if you're, you climb up the top of a, uh, a tower somewhere, you know, the Eiffel Tower, you know, even the water tower in your, in Laurel, Mississippi, you know, you get up there, you get a view and you see things, things become things become obvious to you that people can tell you over and over and over. But so much of this thing is seeing things for yourself. And what was what I would say, 
happened to you and what people that are listening on these podcasts is they've gone through experiences where they've been able to be elevated and get an elevated view of the scenario, you know, the scene and like, they can't get that view out of their mind. You know, they, they can see if they settle for a job, you know, and that's what I went through, David, you know, I went through, you know, when I got out of construction, I got, I did construction because it was following up on my degree out of Georgia tech and I had to do, do something. So I built, you know, work with a small home builder there in Atlanta and I didn't realize what a crappy industry that was uh, in terms of a roller coaster thing and undependable. And you, you know, how talk about Vegas, Las Vegas, uh, talk about a gamble, you know, a builder out there, folks, <laughs> these builders that on single family housing, they don't know what price range. They don't know what subdivision to buy some lots. They don't know what price range is going to be hot next, you know, season, and they go to the realtor, realtor doesn't know, they go to the bank, the banker doesn't know, and they, it's a crapshoot. And so you get out there and you get a 90 day construction loan. And, <laughs> and then if that thing doesn't sell in 90 days, uh, uh, or, you know, pre-sale prior to closing, then uh, you're going to be making payments on that. And then things slow down. And all of a sudden, every one of those construction loans, that time out, that's another house and all of a sudden you got seven or eight houses you're paying mortgages on and back in a back uh when i was in it in atlanta it seemed like no matter how successful these guys were these big builders they were you know country club and the, you know the great families and the houses and everything but then every seven years they're bankrupt you know and uh, <laughs> there goes the marriage there goes the the private school for the kids and you know, they're scrambling around to put things back together, but it was, and it wasn't that they were bad guys. I mean, it wasn't like they went to, to, uh, the Caribbean and, uh, uh, chase women to lose all their money. They, you know, the industry crushed them, you know, they're working, most of them working about 80, 90 hours a, a week while they were going down, you know? Yeah. And so I said, I had to get a new industry. That's why I got over into financial services, uh, much like you did, but it was because of the vet viewpoint I had, you know, I, I was in it long enough to be able to see the future in that industry and talking to enough people, learn how to think and cast my vision forward about what was going to happen to me. And when you went and got out of college and went into the military and then came back and ran those ran that gym, those were exposures that elevated your uh, eyesight above the average person. Cause you were seeing things just by going to Europe, you know, being over there, even though you don't have money, you mm -hmm. know, it, it changes your attitude forever. That's always in mm -hmm. your mind. And right. uh, uh, then you come back and you run a gym you learn things that nobody can ever get out of your mind. I mean, you can use that, uh, you know, and have used that the rest of your life, you know, to be, to put yourself in position to make the decisions that would keep you from getting in a box. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Larry, you know, the, a couple of things you just say are kind of uh, jogging my, my mind here, but you know, the thing about it is, 
regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur, want to be an entrepreneur, whatever, or you're working in a career, you're you're moving up, and you've got good things happening. You know, I think the main thing is to to bloom where you're planted, right? Bloom where you're planted. Do the best uh, when you know where you are. And then the other thing too is just start. You know, keep moving, keep trying to get better. You know, it's kind of hard to steer a parked car. So right. you know the you know as you as you move forward and do the best where you are. And then the other thing too, you know, when you're in those environments, just like I didn't know I could run a health club, but you know, you don't know what abilities many times that the Lord blesses you with until you're put in an environment that's going to pull that out. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought about this, that uh, I tell you the military was good and, and the club, the health club was good for me. For, for one main, well, a, a lot of reasons, the discipline and all that you learn, but the, um, I think the most valuable thing I got out of the military and the health club was um, learning to serve, serve people. And I, and I tell you, um, when I was uh, in basic training, for some reason, they picked me to be a squad leader. And they put me, uh, they, they sent us to a one-day leadership class on because we were going to be together for two months, this, this our platoon. So they had four squads. So that I was uh, a squad leader. So they sent us to this leadership class and they, they sat us and they said, look, there's two ways you can take care of your squad. Um, you, can, you, can, you can manage it. One, one way, like if you're asked to go pick up paper or clean the bathroom, latrine or whatever, you can um, watch over your, your guys and make sure they do it. Or you can be the first one down there and set the example. And, and I, I thought to myself, man, that's what I'm gonna do. So whatever I, I ask my guys to do, I'm going to uh, just uh, get with them and make it happen. Well, and so we did that, and that's where I really first learned it's just to serve people and love people and care about people, because by the end of that two months, man, we had the best team. We had this little squad. We loved each other. We took care of each other. And then when I was asked to, to manage a health club, Again, I didn't know anything about that, but you know what I said? I said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do the same thing that I did in the military. I'm just gonna, I have, I have these 600 members and I'm just gonna love them. I'm gonna take care of them. I'm gonna have the cleanest health club. I'm gonna have, make the best smoothies. And uh, you know, when they came in, I said, man, can I do anything for you? And, um, and same thing happened there. Next thing you know, um, the owner was saying, look, David, do you want to buy this place when you get out of college? <laughs> he said, you know, do you, and because people, members started bringing members, uh, new members. Right. And then, so when I got in the financial business and I learned how to do this, I was just on the side too, on top of the health club in college, I started doing this just on the side uh, in the financial business. And, um, and I did the same thing there. I just started loving people, caring about people, serving them, kind of servant leader. And then next thing you know, that started going people. And that that was uh, 
that became a domino, just learning to serve, care, be genuine, authentic. People can spot a phony a mile away. You're right. And, and uh, so anyway, that, and then we grew there. But that, that whole lesson of servant leadership, man, that to me, that was a, a game changer for me. All right. Uh, great insights, David. And I can't uh, wait to dig into more of this later. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.